When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Hello and welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast, everybody, where we're here to help inspire and educate you to build a better back through movement. Today's podcast is all about what is movement resilience? You know, what are we talking about when we say movement resilience? You know, where do people start? So I guess the first question, Jacob, is what is movement resilience? You know, when we're when we're mentioning that term, what, what do people need to know? I think a lot of people are maybe a lot of people have had chronic problems and they they get used to the idea that you know getting up in the morning is a drag they have issues with picking up children or you know doing small jobs and I think the term movement resilience is is probably describing the fact that you're able to do everything without being cautious and being hindered by, by, by lifting your kids. The idea that your back can support you and you can enjoy it and you can enjoy your movement, I would describe that as movement resilience. Yeah, so you've almost got the confidence in everything that you do yeah. movement-wise, whether that be lifting something small off the floor or lifting something out of the cupboard. You kind of do it, you can do it without thinking, shall we say, because you've got the confidence in your in your movement and your resilience to, to I guess, injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think but not taking away the understanding of how to do it properly. Of course. But enjoying your body and knowing that, you know, you, you feel strong and you can, you can attempt anything that's within your power. Yeah, and I guess, you know, for a lot of people listening, as we've, as we've discussed before, there's going to be a lot of people drawn to the podcast because of current back pain or previous back pain. But this is also, I think, important for those people that have never suffered, you know, because we know that the lives we lead, as we've mentioned before, and the sedentary nature of the lives that we lead and the work that we do is increasing that risk of back pain. So there's also a, an element of movement resilience that is, you know, for people that would consider themselves okay at the moment in terms of prevention. But again, like you say, it's about overall confidence whoever that person might be yeah and there's always a first time which means you know i'm not wishing it upon anybody but people coming to me with a bad back problem quite often haven't had really any bad back problems in the past so the idea of movement resilience also goes toward uh having you know uh, making sure that you're not actually over that this is not overcoming you at some point so yeah yeah uh, yeah, and I think, um, like you say, there's when people do come in with back pain for the first time, it's kind of like, well, why have I got back pain? Whereas for us, it's often the case of, well, don't be surprised you've got back pain because of X, Y, Z that we've discussed before. And I think again, it's back to back to that education and back to that um, back knowledge base that people need to know that what they're doing wrong, and and why they need to be working towards this resilience if they're to be um i guess resilient to injury over the long term or recurrence 
yeah, and not only what they're what they could potentially do wrong, so they prevent this from happening. I think that's that's a big deal these days because we yeah. know very well that we're not living in an ideal ideal world for our bodies, and quite often we ask way too much, we're way too busy, and so if we if we understand this and we take some steps to make sure that we're moving towards this movement resilience that we're talking about, then we can very well prevent a back injury or a bad episode. Yeah, and just jumping in on that point there, I think, you know, as always, uh, prevention is always the the best um, approach, isn't it? I mean, it's, a, you know, yeah. less, less costs financially, emotionally, you know, pain, etc., etc. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're, aware of this in advance of any problem and you're you're building towards resilience as with other things diet etc etc then um you you're far better placed than than dealing this when dealing with this when you have a problem so yeah and i, and I think for a lot of people they might be a runner or a cyclist or do a sport where they're not actually lifting things like we do when we do powerlifting or weightlifting but you're always using your back and so maybe you have an office job, you're sitting a lot, and every now and then you go on a skiing holiday, so you do a long, long drive for 10, 12 hours. That's what we do here in Europe to the, uh, to the Alps. And so then understanding what you can do to prevent this, uh, these, episodes, these things you do to become a problem with your back, I mean, that, that's very handy and very helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And and I guess the, the you know the natural next question there for people is so where do I start? You know, I've I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that I need to be taking back control. Whether I've got back pain already, whether I've suffered from it in the past, whether I'm actually okay at the moment, but I want to prevent back problems because someone in my family's had it. All these different questions. They buy into it. They understand the principles of it, what's the first thing that they, they should be doing? Or what they could... uh, yeah, the first thing you could do is start with very basic exercises. I think we've discussed this before. And with basic exercise, I mean, usually we start with very low intensity, lots of reps. And our purpose there is actually just getting the neural drive, the communication between the brain and the right muscles, which is going to give you the, the stability which we've also discussed many times by now in previous podcasts. And I think that's a place where you start. You just don't, you don't jump into the deep end and, uh, and hope that your body's going to do it well. So the thing what we, we want to avoid is jumping in the deep end and developing, developing compensations. Yeah, and I guess the, the natural question for a lot of people there is, so where can I go to do those exercises? Because there's going to be people that are fitness enthusiasts or gym goers already or sports people that are going to be I guess more confident in reading online and doing their research in order to be doing the right exercises where there's going to be other people that that don't have that knowledge don't have that enthusiasm maybe maybe don't even have the time with other things to do that research so you know should for example people go to somewhere like crossfit or are there exercise classes or gyms to go to specifically focused on this area of of movement i guess 
Yeah, I think that's a good question, Ben, because there's a sea of information and mm -hmm. I would stay clear of most of it. So, um, and I, when I give the core lessons at the gym, I, I always ask before the lesson, how many people here who are starting CrossFit, because this is at the very beginning when they started, they do the on-ramp course. I ask how many people here have back pain and usually three out of 10 maybe sometimes even more will put mm -hmm. their hands up. So, and then what quite often happens is these people continue with CrossFit and, and actually develop an even worse back problem. Some of it, some of them resolve their back pain. But in my view, if you have an issue with your back or if you just want to build movement resilience, CrossFit quite often and most of the time is actually not a good place to start. So, no, you gotta, you, so we gotta be, we we know that, that CrossFit has been very good for a lot of people. We know that you know certain principles there that are, are fantastic. But you know, unless you're again back to that baseline, that foundation, you just you're running that risk of just doing things too high intensity and losing losing the focus on form. But also, there's a there's maybe a layer before that in terms of yeah yeah. There's that there's absolutely a layer before that because quite often and the same as the same goes for our, at our crossfit gym you know you, you get in a group you get taught the general basics of how to lift something and, and how to squat but i think the the real understanding of how your core works and that's all the, also the reason why i give the, the core lessons i mean i think that's the fundamental base before you would even start learning to hinge through the hips or or do a squat and pick something up or I think the, the fundamentals are actually the understanding of how the core works. And, and that's what, once you know that and you apply that, that's where you get your, your real movement resilience. Yeah, so I mean, your, your CrossFit gym is quite unique in that you have that, um, that kind of two-stage course uh, as part of the onboarding, as you call it, so part of the induction process to the CrossFit gym. So not every CrossFit gym is going to have that and, and certainly not every kind of standard gym is going to have that, especially some of these new gyms that are kind of all access 24 hours. You can go when you want, you know, the, the, the level of instructors there or the number of instructors there is going to be limited. So I guess the, the, the natural question is for those people that don't have that luxury or they don't have that CrossFit gym or even if there is that CrossFit gym in the area, but they're not certain of this kind of core onboarding, should we call it? Um, what are some of the questions that, that maybe they could start with in approaching a CrossFit gym, a standard gym, just to get an understanding of the knowledge of the instructors to at least allow them then to know when they enter these spaces, do I need to do my own research and my own knowledge in advance of using the facilities or can I get the guidance to help me at the outset? Yeah, I think that's very individual depending on the, on the, on the gym, as you just mentioned. But I think, and that's what we discuss with the trainers as well at our CrossFit gym, is to, when people start, ask them, not only who here has back pain, but who, who are here to fix their back pain or their back problems. And so people, so you, so you as a trainer or, or a therapist, if you're, work at a gym, if you're working in a gym, 
so you're clear who here has back problems and who here have the intention or the expectation to fix their back. And yeah. that gives you a much better overview of who you're dealing with because, you know, instead of just putting everybody through all the exercises and pushing them a little bit to, to do it, now you, you'll work with a lot more care. And um, quite often, well, what we do is we follow a system then where if we see it's not going well that people are spoken to and we have like a, an hour that we, we sit and chat with them and then maybe they get referred to me. So then we, we really peel back the layers and we go back to teaching them the, the true understanding of the very the very basics. And so in that way we try to build up uh, we try to build up their capacity to continue with CrossFit. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's almost the the kind of utopia you'd like in the sense that you, you're kind of coming at it from an instructor's point of view of asking those questions of the of the customer, uh, shall we say? So the customer enters, and you're you're asking those open questions to un- get an understanding of what their goals are and have they got back pain, have they suffered back problems? For somebody that's going into a gym that that doesn't have that kind of level of um, insight or or that approach in terms of identifying some of these some of these factors, should these should should customers really be confident enough to challenge the gym the instructor whoever um they see first of all when they're when they're maybe looking at a facility to use and ask them about kind of a core core training or education around the core because that's that's kind of the the first step really isn't it in terms of building resilience it's focusing on that core having an understanding of that core how it works how it operates and what exercises they should and shouldn't be doing to keep that back in alignment and and focus on that on that core musculature as you if you like yeah that's it's a very good question ben it's also quite difficult because a lot of people will be you know they're confronted with the idea that they're starting this new sport and they have to do their best to live up to expectation, you know, to others, but also their own. And maybe they come from a seated, uh, seated job background, and you know they want to make a change. So I think the last thing that they really think of is, is are these specifics that we're pointing out. Even though these mm-hmm. are probably the most important thing you have to think of when you start doing something like a like a lifting sport or a CrossFit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. I think that I think that. Um, I think people have to just be aware and ask. And, you know, if they have a niggle in the back, they have to speak to the trainer. And uh, if, they, if they, you know, you have to be vigilant. And if you don't have the, if you don't have the feeling that you're being taken care of here and you're just putting, being put through uh, a series of exercises and sometimes quite often in a CrossFit gym being shouted at to go faster and harder, then you're probably in the wrong place. And, and you need to be very careful that you're not going to get injured. Is that something you obviously want to avoid? It's not the reason that you're there for. Yeah, and I think you know, from a personal point of view, I always feel that there's a there's kind of a, a missing link, really, in in this kind of chain of of management of back pain. Because you 
you know, naturally, you'll, if you experience back pain, you'll either go and see your, your doctor or you might see the chiropractor or the osteopath or the physio first, or you'll be referred to those. And then, you know, in between that, it feels like there needs to be a, a rehabilitation focused gym before, you know, your standard yeah. CrossFit gym or, 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 or other. And, and there's no kind of accountability, I suppose, from a lot of these gymnasiums to to focus on some of these fundamentals these foundations that that really are 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 pretty important when you consider the risks yeah i think that totally i totally agree there we've discussed this quite often and the you know there, there are a couple of obstacles there i think one is people people come to a crossfit gym they have the expectation to start now you know even you when they come and you tell them, look, there's an on-ramp course you have to follow for four weeks and then you have to go to, to, to Jacob for two core lessons spread over two weeks. That's already a big step for them before they can start doing or taking part in the WADs. Yeah. So, uh, but that that's good, you know. We're talking about actually working on the basis of your movement and maybe it will take you a year to move properly and to understand the movement. Because if you would start CrossFit, it might take you a year before you really develop some strength in the right places and and so on. But it that means that a lot of people will be put off by the idea of developing this sort of strength in the space if they then have to go and do that for a year long and then start CrossFit. So yes, that so that I mean that's the one obstacle, but it's very true. I mean, we all know if you start a new sport, it, it takes you it takes you a while before you actually start doing it properly. Yeah, and, and I guess we've got to, you know, acknowledge and appreciate that some of these people have made the decision that right, I'm going to get healthier, and you know, I want to take back control. They might like, feel they want to lose weight, or they, you know, they want to look better. That's often the motivator behind going to the gym. So, you know, like I say, those those motivational um, factors are more based on how I look, how I feel, and 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 losing weight rather than they are moving properly. So there's a there's a bit of a disconnect there with what they perhaps should be doing and what they actually want to want to be doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's always going to be a, a a challenge, I guess, in in trying to get people to buy into this principle yeah, um, the, at the outset. And people are looking for the fun factor. And, but I think two things that would be important if you start a CrossFit gym, I think the one is that you you got to have a good feeling about the guidance and and feel like, you know, it's not, you're not, they're not throwing you in the deep end and telling you to pick up ridiculous amounts of weight and run 400 meters with it on the one side of your body, you know, stuff that's really going to pull your spine off center and, and, and with little guidance. I mean, that's something you have to look out for. Have a gradual, slow start, especially from the, the trainer's perspective. Yeah. And the other thing to look out for is, is simple adaptations to different body types. So if, if everybody's doing exactly the same thing, for example, pulling from the ground when they do deadlifts or cleans or anything with a bar from a, from a, a, a deadlift position, there's just no way everybody could be pulling from the ground because we know that some people are not going to be able to keep good form on their back and pull from the ground. So you, you have to have the feeling in this gym that they're actually 
catering for different body types. So, for example, having blocks that you can stack on top of each other, raising the bar from the ground, so some people would not be pulling from the ground, is, in this case, the only real way to to do a proper deadlift, or to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without 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 straining the back. So these little things matter, and I think that's something you have to look out for. Yeah, and I think I, I suppose the message really for anyone listening that is thinking. I mean, I, I guess the audience listening really are, are the ones that, that will take the advice and uh, and look at the foundations because they're more likely to have suffered from back pain. You're more likely to to be wanting to resist future episodes of back pain rather than you are that individual that hasn't suffered and is just looking to improve. You know, a lot of the uh, those people that are just going to join a gym or join a CrossFit gym aren't the people that are necessarily going to be uh, listening to this podcast um, unless they're an enthusiast around this this kind of subject but I think the the message really for those guys listening is you know like with a lot of things in life you know there's no quick fix you know there aren't any get rich quick schemes you know there there's no way of of doing a you know a diet that's gonna that's gonna help you lose weight immediately and keep it off in the long term you know it's it's kind of taking that um long-term approach having that long-term vision and setting yourself the the kind of the goal of overall strength and health and wellness and laying those foundations at the outset are are the first step but also i think the important message or one really important message is by doing that your overall performance at somewhere like CrossFit or the gym in general is just going to be so, so much better because by focusing on the core and the foundations and building progression in core strength and core endurance, the the impact that that will have on, on activities such as CrossFit or other sports is, is pretty significant. I think we both agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, you know, I mean... It, I know from my own experience, building core strength, it took me years. It's yes. not something I it's not something I developed in a in a couple of months. It took me years to get to the point where I felt like uh, I'm strong enough to 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 for example contact sport again. Yeah. So so it's it. I think it's I think people have to understand, just like you said, not only that it's better to do it over the long term, but also that you should give yourself time and you should you should think about a commitment that 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 is worth allowing yourself to take the time because this takes time that's for yes. sure yes and and really what you know you shouldn't be looking at this as a short term fix anyway this should be something that you really buy into for the rest of your life you know this is something that you know like with like with healthy eating and anything else, you know, this has to be a long-term lifestyle decision rather than it just being, I'm going to do this for a while because I want a six pack for a holiday, for example, you know, that's not, that's yeah, not yeah. the aim. That's the wrong goal. Okay. You know, it's focusing on laying those foundations and being long, being, being healthy and strong over the longer term. So I guess at this stage that, that might seem a little bit frustrating for some people in that, you know, there's there's no clear answer in terms of the the approach to take with 
with your gym or a CrossFit gym or um, wherever it may be that you train in terms of getting that advice because it is going to differ. There are going to be different levels of um, instructor within these environments and really it's up to you to to do a little bit of learning and educate yourselves a little bit like with with some of the resources we have to at least give yourself the confidence that the exercises that you're choosing are correct and give yourself that bit of knowledge that when you're in a gym setting and you're asking advice from an instructor or you're getting an introduction to a gym that you have that level of knowledge to just ask them some questions and get advice that you can trust rather than just take their advice as as gospel as it were without that level of knowledge because it's too easy to rely on others and as we say there's no accountability or formal kind of guidelines it seems out there for gymnasiums to to kind of onboard or introduce people to the gym particularly with regards to back pain and back um and back exercises and back health so you've got to be careful out there and i think the same you know questions can be raised for for someone that is going to see a practitioner because again the assumption is they know exactly what they're they're talking about whether it be osteopath physio or chiropractor you know so are there i guess some questions there that people can ask when they're going to get advice because if you're going to go and see someone someone um, that is trained as a chiropractor osteopath physio you're 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 likely going to be suffering from back pain so let's say i'm i'm suffering from back pain i'm going to approach a practitioner because i need some help quite often the case will be i'm suffering can you fit me in yes i can great i'll come and see you we wouldn't buy any other product in that way no we would think about it a little bit more we'd ask questions i think yeah. you know if you think about buying we'll any, yeah. exactly you know if you're going to buy a car if you're going to buy a telly if you're going to buy a laptop you're always going to ask a lot of questions you know and the difference there is you might not be desperate okay some people are uh, a big TV fans and the TV might break and the next episode of their favorite shows on and that's that might seem desperate to them but let's be honest <laughs> that's not desperate but if you're suffering with pain then the likely um response particularly if it's a significant um you know disc injury that's just a sudden onset you're going to want to see someone immediately as quickly as possible and you kind of don't care who it is i think the advice at this point is do care who it is and ask questions at the outset in terms of how they're going to approach your back pain yeah i think what should those questions be um i think for a starter i think you want to get an overview of the person's way of working and you want to ask them for example what what is your plan and is there a a movement approach a movement-based approach in the way that we're going to get me better I think before you even start with that, you need to ask the person or the, 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 the therapist, please can you tell me more about the mechanism of my injury? You, in, in you understanding what actually is going on with your problem or your back, 
gives you a lot of power as a as a patient. Yes. And then I think I think the next question you can ask, understanding what's going on, is, you know, can you tell me more about the prognosis? And once the prognosis is established, is established, then I think uh, a good next question would be, can you tell me more about the actual treatment plan? What what is your approach as a therapist? And I, I think if you have this information, then you also know what you're buying and you know more or less what to expect. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I, I think I, I think this is very important because if you if you just go with the flow and especially if there's nothing being told to you about the mechanism of the injury, thus you don't understand what really is going on and you don't know much about the prognosis, then of course there's always a chance you'll get better, but you don't really have any power over your problem. No, and I think, you know, unless you get that clarity of of prognosis and direction, you know, there are a percentage of people that are going to suffer from back pain that are just going to naturally get better. Um, no matter what the intervention is, they're, they're just going to get better. Now, that's not to say that they're going to stay better over the longer term. And so when you suffer that recurrence and you suddenly think back, how did I get better? You know, what was the problem? You don't know. And then it becomes frustrating and then you start to worry about the risks and the, and this problem being there over the long term. So you you need to you need to ask those questions. You need to get that insight and you need to get that confidence rather than, as you say, Jay, going with the flow. You know, it's far too easy. You suffer from back pain. You suffer from an acute episode particularly. You go and see somebody and you just run with what they're saying. And actually you're not challenging and thinking, well, are they telling me what the problem is or the likely problem and exactly why we're taking this approach to get you better? And also, if you know what the problem is, if you know what's going on at the injury site and you understand the treatment approach and, on, and prognosis, you, you're also able at a certain point, if you're not getting better, to to say that this is actually not working. Yes. You know, I think, I think that's, that's where a lot of the power lies. So, you know, this approach is not working for me based on knowing what's going on with my back, knowing what we've tried. So maybe we should, we should change the approach. And that's then not only the therapist or practitioner keeping all of this, number one, as a secret, but also not only him or her making the decisions, but it's actually more a joint, uh, a joint venture where both of you make a decision and you can discuss these these things and you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, and treat it, you know, as as any other uh, transaction really in terms of a product or service that you're buying. You know, ask those questions, get that insight, get the clarity that you know that the product and service that you are buying is is right for you um and i think you know there there isn't necessarily any easy way to start this journey some of it is going to require an investment in in your time to get a at least a baseline level of knowledge uh, that's gonna that's gonna give you the confidence to challenge instructors and practitioners and ensure that you get the guidance that that you feel you need to ensure that you're 
taking the right steps, doing the right exercises, taking a movement-based approach that will undoubtedly uh, help with your back pain in the short and over the longer term because this movement-based approach is very much evidence-based and it and it works. It's not a quick fix, but it works. So I guess the take-home there is, you know, we were very much focused on the core. We need to get that baseline level of knowledge around the core and the exercises that we need to be doing and the, the, the early steps that we need to be taking. And that gives you some direction, but it also gives you the knowledge to be able to challenge challenge those people that you might be working with to get help and support. So next time we're going to be talking about some of the foundations to, to movement resilience. Do you need equipment to start with, for example? Do you actually need to even go into a gym or see somebody for advice? And you know what are some of the, the exercises that you can be doing? And, you know, what happens if some of those exercises are causing you pain? Because that then will help you to start the journey yourself and give you the confidence to start the journey yourself without feeling the need to get somebody else's input. And that really is is kind of our purpose, is to give you that knowledge and give you that confidence and empowerment to be able to to do it yourself. Because we know there's a lot of information out there we know there's a lot of bad advice out there. We know there's a lot of practitioners out there that are not taking this approach. And without taking some ownership yourself, you're never going to be 100% sure. Mm-hmm.